0: Episode 888 of The Sleeper in the Bust. I am Justin Mason, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how you doing? Uh, I'm regretting that six and a half mile walk I did
1: yesterday, or hike rather, in the mountains. Uh, I am barely moving today. Hopefully uh, you're feeling better than me.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think of hiking and long walks in the same way I do running, which is I stop doing that when people stop chasing me. So... <laughs> uh yeah that i justin doesn't do those kind of things
1: (laughs) it's beautiful i mean i love hiking up here in in the carolinas don't get me wrong it's nobody's out there i think i passed five people all day it was along the green uh green river it was just beautiful um but the next day is always like oh my god why did i do that
0: (laughs) yeah i i after i got sober i tried my best not to regret the previous day so um uh, yeah, just, just not for me. Uh, joining us today is someone who does not regret the previous day as well. Uh, and that is Ian Khan from the Athletic and Guardians of the Republic. Ian, welcome to back to the show.
2: Thank you guys. I'm back on Sleeper in the Bust. How great is that?
0: It's fantastic, my friend. It's, it's pretty it's great. Always good to talk to you, even though I talk to you at least once a week.
2: It's true. We do our show, uh The Guardians of the Republic. Uh, with Patrick Murray of the Monmouth University Poll. we I, I actually brought Justin onto the show. Um, gosh, when was it? When we, when we did our reboot, because Justin was the one who sort of forced the reboot to happen. I think it was August of this year saying, hey guys, the election. And then I was like, wait a minute, you want us to do it? Why don't you come help? Um, and so he came on as producer and then I had the great idea of bringing Justin on for 90 seconds at the end of the show when we do our hot take segment. And so Justin comes on for 90 seconds at the end of the show. And I was like, ah, you know, well, it shouldn't really affect anything and have Justin come on. Now it's everyone's favorite segment of the show when Justin comes on and (laughs) does his laugh and tells his side of the story. So, um, but no, it's it's really great to have Justin a part of it, and I get to hang out with you, because both of you guys are two of my closest friends in fantasy baseball, and frankly, in life.
0: Ooh. Well, yay! We, <laughs> we appreciate that. Uh, you're also nominated to for uh, an FSWA. Oh, oh, wait, did I? I, I messed that one up. No, uh, I think you did it right. right. Close enough. Yo, yeah, no, yeah, no, I did do it right. I, I for someone who's got uh, their own acronym for their, you know, for TGFBI, I, I mess up other people's acronyms. But we, uh, you got nominated for uh, best podcast alongside of us. We are in direct yeah, actually, competition.
2: Remember what I just said about you guys being two of my bet? That's not really true anymore. I mean, it's 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 war. No, I'm kidding.
1: Keep your friends uh, close, your enemies closer. <laughs> that's why you're on friends. today. It's true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's good. I like that. Um, no, no, I'll tell you. You know, I started doing this podcast. We're we've just entered. God, is it our third season now? Yeah. So we were nominated for our second season. Uh, It's myself and Nando Defino and Derek Van Riper, And it's part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast. We are under the radar. If you have not listened to it, uh, it's a fun show. It's I I guess it's similar in this show to in a way, would you guys say? Yeah, Uh, because we we get along great. We have a lot of fun together and we talk fantasy baseball. Um, and you've got the great voice of Derek Van Riper who's double nominated and the even maybe better voice of Nando DeFino. And then you are stuck with me as well. So, uh, but it's really fun. If you haven't checked it out, we are behind, we are no longer behind the paywall as well. So give us a try. We come out typically Wednesdays, I think maybe mm-hmm. Tuesdays. I'm not sure. Um, but you, I think you guys listen sometimes, right? Or we Jason, do. I know. Yeah, yes. a better uh, explanation of it than us. But can't do if you much else. Like,
1: all, these long, you know, all these long dog walks between audiobooks and podcasts, it's pretty much what I consume. In fact, I canceled my SiriusXM subscription this morning because I don't even use it anymore. I just can't. It doesn't fit. I'm not in the car anymore, So, and I don't have time to stream during the day here at my desk because I'm busy. So it's like, I'm sorry. I'm just not using it anymore. I'm not going to pay for it.
2: Well, yes. So I, I don't want to tell you not to... You know, to cancel your series, but give us a try as you do give sleeper in the bus to say, you know, you guys are are, you guys have been uh, the standard bearer for a long time in this industry. And I remember, I mean, Jason, remember when I did my very first episode with you and Paul? I think it was like three years ago. That was one of the best podcasts I've ever been a part of
1: twice. You did it so well. You did it I so did well. We had to do it twice. Yeah,
2: right. <laughs> as we get to the end of this, like it's literally we're sitting there talking about this. Was, that was the greatest podcast. Oh, my God. And then Paul's like, oh, no. Guys, it didn't tape. Like literally, like out of some bad dream. But I miss Paul. I look forward to talking to him soon. He owes me a text or a call, I think. I'm pretty sure, Paul. Um but it's <laughs> Just great to great to be on with you guys. Really great.
0: I, I was telling you uh uh I think right after we got nominated for uh podcast of the year that since Derek is nominated uh twice, that he needs to he pull is? the Jim Carrey acceptance speech if he wins for either podcast, which uh, this is probably 25 years ago, but Jim Carrey was nominated for uh, an MTV Movie Award for Best Actor uh, twice for for two different roles. And when he won, he thanked himself for being such good competition. <laughs> and I just feel like I Derek needs to do like replicate this if he wins yeah. the award.
2: Knowing Derek Van Riper the way I do, there is zero chance. Yeah, of that. I know. But Derek is the most <laughs> modest of men. And, you know, he's just the nicest of guys and a great, great analyst.
0: Yes. We yes. Agree. I
2: mean, great player. And
0: too. like the best, best voice in in fantasy sports.
2: See, I kind of gave Nando like a little bit of that. I mean, Derek has an amazing voice, but there's something about Nando's voice that just cracks me up. I just uh, he just the dude cracks me up.
1: I you can Nando. you can impersonate it incredibly well.
2: Yeah, I guess I could.
1: <laughs> <Okay>.
2: <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. That good. Because like, I don't you, talk
1: like that. I, it, it's like, who t- Did Nando come on this podcast? Because now Nando's on here.
2: I mean, like, I don't talk nail. like that.
1: I don't. I don't even talk like that. What are you talking about? Yeah. For, Nando. <laughs> for, the, for the
2: man, you know. But the uh. man who say he actually I will tell this because and Derek's gonna get mad at me. So at the end of each episode, Nando like figures out something that we've said that he can use to kind of like give us the needle. And at the end of this past episode, he gave me the needle on something, and we got to the end of it, and DVR goes, "No, no, we're cutting that. We have to cut that. We are not going to use that." And it was the biggest la- second biggest laugh in of the pandemic for me. The biggest laugh of the pandemic for me was the episode that. We did, uh, and I—I I don't just mean like regarding fantasy baseball. I just mean like the most joyous laugh was Derek Van Riper bitching about OOTP.
1: Um, oh yeah, in, I remember that mail <laughs> that he
2: got from Ken Giles that hearing this incredibly reasonable man get so angry and then called it back later in the episode that was that was if you want to listen to one episode of Under the Radar that's the one it's episode 50 but on the on the on the site for some reason it's number 47 because we joined a thread at a certain point but anyway that's enough about Under the Radar I'm really excited to talk about sleeper in the bus and all of these amazing moves that have happened
0: yes we are going to talk about a bunch of uh Amazing moves because the hot stove is now finally in full effect. Uh, and Paul and I did not get to talk about uh, any of the last or recent moves on the last episode. So, this is going to be an all move episode of the sleeper and the bust. And we're going to start with the biggest one. This is Nolan Arenado being traded to St. Louis. Uh, I mean, this has kind of been a long time coming, at least uh, Arenado being traded out of Colorado. He's made it very yeah. apparent he does not want to be there. Uh, there isn't an official return yet. I think because it's such a complicated deal, they're not going to announce the entire return. The rumors have been Austin Gomber uh, and prospects back to Colorado. But let's just focus on the Arenado portion of it. And Ian, what are your thoughts of about Arenado moving out of Colorado to St. Louis from a fantasy lens.
2: You know, it's it's sort of interesting for years. Everyone's been trying to figure out, well, if he ever moves out of Colorado, well, now we're going to see. I actually think he's going to be great. I don't think he's going to be as good. I think that there's going to be, and Jay's probably has numbers to back up everything and, you know, what his numbers are away and numbers are home. But I think he's going to have a good season. I think he injured his shoulder early last year. I think that was a huge part of his problem and why he's such a buy low this season in redraft and in dynasty, frankly. I mean, you can get him cheaper than you ever have been able to get before. I think he's going to be a great player. I think he'll be the starting third baseman in the all-star game, and I think that he'll hit still 285, 290 with 30, 35 home runs. So he's still Nolan Arenado to me.
0: Jason, what are your thoughts on Arenado moving out of Colorado?
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree really with the shoulder, and that's the trouble. I mean, let's not forget, this was a, it was his non-throwing shoulder, but it's his front shoulder. And we've talked often on this uh, podcast over the years about right-handed hitters with left shoulder injuries and how they can't get full extension on their swing. You know, As you're listening to this, stand there, hold your imaginary bat, and try to go through with a swing, and imagine you've got left shoulder impingement and you're trying to go through that. So that could help explain uh, some of what he was going through. Obviously, when you're looking around you, you've just committed uh, you know, a, the rest of your professional career to an organization that doesn't seem to want to improve around you. It's going to get in your head as well, uh, and that was part of the factor here uh, on that. And him going over, it, you know, you look at it, you look at the numbers. And Ben Clemens did a really nice job of writing this up yesterday. Is that uh, you know Park adjusts his career numbers. He's you know, still one eighteen WRC plus, so that much better against the league average. I think if anything, if firmly takes him, you can't take the chance in taking him in the first two or even the early part of the third round anymore. There, I mean, he had gone as high as fourteen coming out of there. I think he is, you know, firmly towards the back end of the third round now uh, with this. But I just I'm just speechless at how Colorado could allow this to happen. Yeah. You know, now they're talking, oh we're gonna lock up Trevor Story. If I'm Trevor Story, I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. You know, trade me, get me out of here. But it's one of these things where Colorado seems to be perpetually satisfied with just being an average club. And they've had so much talent and we've always joked about oh, they have this rookie, but let's go sign the corpse of Ian Desmond and block that rookie's path, and let's go do this, and let's go add this veteran. It's just crazy. And the fact that they gave the Cardinals money to balance to trade out and got a bunch of quantity in return, uh, with the highlight being a back-end
0: starter. Uh, Glad I'm not a Rockies fan, that's all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, go go ahead, Ian.
2: No, just you go, and then I'll, I'll add one thing.
0: I mean, he's already, if you look at just draft champions uh, drafts, uh, there's been 28 of them since the beginning of the year. Uh, He was already going at pick 35 or 36 on average. So, I mean, we're talking about a guy who is already in the top of the third round. And my guess, moving out of Colorado is going to drop him close to two rounds. Whoa, Um, really? mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. To the fifth? I I think nah, so. I don't see him
1: that far. I don't I personally don't see him that far. Like I said, I fir, I think he's a a firm uh late 3 uh mid he's gone I, by the mid-fourth.
0: I've been doing an article series all off-season tracking ADP movement in NFBC. And when a guy gets a bad, you know, a bad landing spot, they're dropping and they're dropping a fair amount. And the way pitching is being pushed up right now, yeah, I, my my prediction is by the end of February we're looking at him as a late fourth early fifth round pick which I- right, so
2: we could just do the average from today like taking out everything from before and you would say that he will be taken 61 or higher
0: yeah probably around around there okay um I'll, I'll,
2: $1 bet sure $1 bet, bet from from today <laughs> through to the last draft champions 61 over under, I will definitely take the under on that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, if even if he drops to the bottom of the fourth, I, I I'm all for it. I just, you know, I, I understand like everybody's afraid when guys move out of Colorado, but just look at the history of guys when they leave Colorado. Corey Dickerson was fine when he went to Tampa Bay. DJ He's LeMahieu was yeah. somehow better moving to Yankee Stadium. I mean a good hitter is a good hitter. Hmm. And there's been, you know, while, yes, he's going to lose some of those home numbers and maybe the average does drop a little bit, you have to remember, like, there's been plenty of studies done on guys who play in Colorado than having to go on the road and having a hard time adjusting. Of course, hangover effect. Yeah, I mean, so the the road numbers are going to come up to kind of make up the difference. I think he's like a 280... 285 maybe even 290 hitter 30 plus home runs, you know. Same, yeah. It's it I think he's going to be fine and if this does drop the way I think it does, he's going to represent a really really nice value uh in in the fo- late fourth, early fifth round.
2: Yeah, he won't get that far. I mean, if he if he gets that far for sure. You know the the, the pieces that I'm curious about are the uh, you know, the The effects of the deal. Right. So for me, I yesterday traded a pick for Garrett Hampson um, because now's the time. I mean, now or absolutely never. Right. I mean, if you think with with Daniel Murphy retiring, you put McMahon to first, maybe Desmond gets some time there. You put uh, Brendan Rodgers to third, or maybe Colton Walker, I guess. And then you got to think that Garrett Hampson's going to get everyday playing time. And the upside there is really interesting. I mean, Hampson, if you look at what he did in September of 2019. Shows you a taste of what he might be. He's also still in course. The other piece that is interesting to me is what happens to Nolan Gorman because Nolan Gorman, I was I was betting on Gorman coming up this year based on something Brian Walton told me, uh, who writes the Cardinals. What's it called, guys? The Cardinals Nation. I, I don't know. Yes. It's, his, yeah. it's it's a it's a really interesting. If you're a Cardinals fan, like there's you cannot go wrong with that. And Brian was telling me that he was got reports from the Cardinals that they were thrilled with what Gorman was doing at the alternate site. And it was part of the reason they did not pick up Colton Wong's contract because they could move Edmund to second and then bring, you know, after Carpenter plays it out for a couple of months, bring Gorman up. And now, I mean, what? I mean, what's going to happen now? Some talk I heard yesterday that Gorman might be uh, they might try Gorman at second base. Because and here I got to give Matt Eddie credit for this. I was on the phone with him yesterday talking in trade in a dynasty league. And he said that he thinks Gorman might end up at second base because big bodied second basemen work now. And I was like, really, do they? And he said, yeah, because they you can't they don't have to jump over the slide anymore, which changes the entire dynamic. And I said, damn, Matt Eddie, you're pretty smart. So anyway,
1: Jed uh, Jorko Jed blazed that trail in St. Louis already, too.
2: Yeah, but because, I mean, and I had never thought about it. Like, you don't have to jump over the guy in the double play anymore. You just have to, you know, you can't be taken out in the same way. Great point. So if Gorman ends up at second base, you're talking about a 40 home run hitter at second base could be valuable because I'm always looking at things from a dynasty perspective. So it was Gorman, and I, I still think Arenado is going to be a really great player, going to be taken before pick 61. I bet a dollar on it. Um, but the uh, the interest to me is Hampson and Gorman.
1: Yeah, I, mean, and I was just going to add. No, I was just going to say, you look at the numbers. Like if you're if you're worried about how much stuff Fernando is going to drop, I mean, for the past, you know, take 2020 out. You know, the last five full seasons, he's hit no fewer than 37 home runs, has driven in no fewer than 110, and no and has scored no fewer than 102 times. Like, are any of those, Justin? Since you seem to be the lowest man, well, although you said that you, oh no, I uh, I, think it's be a value, but how much of that's repeatable? Can he, can he score 100? Can he drive in 100? Can he hit I, 30, this 35 home runs this year?
0: I think he's going to do all of those things. I Just because I think the market is going to drop on him doesn't mean I'm dropping on him. I was already taking him in the third uh, round uh, every time he kind of fell there to me. Um, and so I already have a number of, uh, of shares of Arenado on teams this year. I anticipate, I, I tweeted out after, Right after the trade was announced, as like you know, everybody's going to be dropping him, and if he falls too far, he's going to be on every single one of my teams remaining. Uh, and so I I I am totally on board with Arenado going to St. Louis. I I know there are some worries about his get his Statcast data uh, about you know the park change, but you, people also need to remember that it, Coors. It doesn't play up for home runs in the way people think of it. It plays up for batting average because the outfield is so large there. So, yeah, maybe the batting average drops, uh, you know, from his, you know, career 293 mark and he's more of a 280 guy. But I still think 35 home runs, 100-100 are on the table for sure.
1: Is it enough? So, like, a positional ranking, right now he's the fourth, third baseman with uh, Ramirez, Machado, and LeMahieu because of the eligibility in front of him. But Rendon's just behind—it's like six spots behind him uh, at ADP-wise. But Rendon and Bregman are the next guys. Does the relocation adjust that?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think he's going to—I mean, at least in terms of where he's being drafted. And he was actually—this uh, month in draft champions, he was the third, third baseman off the board. He was going in front of DJ LeMahieu. I think he's going to drop behind Alex Bregman and probably settle in between Bregman and uh Cavin Biggio. Uh Biggio's currently going at pick 59. So that that'd be my guess is he's going to end up right in between, kind of in between those guys going ahead right if uh then you Biggio. lose then you lose your dollar. If I lose my dollar, I lose my dollar. It's <laughs> you a, lose your dollar.
2: dollar. And 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 Cavan Biggio's a good a good spot. Like, how can you possibly think of taking Biggio ahead of Arenado?
0: I, I People just... will because of the multi-positional eligibility of Biggio. Mm-hmm. And, and because if they're going
1: to play this year in Dunedin.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean that lineup that that lineup they're putting together in Toronto is going to be deadly. Yeah. I'll,
2: I'll take a dollar bet on who's who makes more money this year, Arenado or Biggio.
0: Oh, I'm not taking that. I, I mean, I I, I'm, I would still be taking. Arenado in you know I'll still be taking him in the 3rd 4th round uh you know well, don't my, my, my next few drafts I'm just going to wait I'm not going to take him just so I can see where he lands
2: well we'll see in TGFBI right I mean we'll see where he ends mm-hmm. up going TGFBI yeah. will tell a
0: lot yeah TGFBI, TGFBI. La- this right. is the last day to sign up for TGFBI
2: dude if you have can I just say I'm do you a little pitch for you will this come out today
0: yeah, it's going to come out as soon as we're if done. If you production.
2: have an offer to join in in TGFBI and you choose not to play, I don't know, man. You should play. If you have the opportunity to play in in this in this format, I would I would I'm doing it. You know, and I get ten thousand leagues, and now ten thousand and one. Mm-hmm. So there it is. But yeah. I mean, Justin, you created an amazing thing. It's super fun. Uh, it's great. Brings the whole industry together, and it's why you're the Yogi Berra of fantasy baseball. I just created that, and it's kind of right. God.
0: <laughs> as as of this moment, uh, I have uh, penciled in 419 people this year. Nice, nice. That so, yeah, was cool. 398 last week, so 20 more people came on board. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's gonna be awesome. So and. If you uh, if if you buy the FWFB draft guide before the end of the day, you get entered into that drawing for one TG FBI spot this year. And Jason's already said, throw him into my league. So you get to go up against Jason if uh, if you're chosen for that. So uh, yeah,
1: people were like. Calling out people for leagues last week on Twitter, Ian. And so when Justin said that, I'm like, I want that person in my league. Whoever wins that, that's the person I want in my league. I'm calling that person out.
0: Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you, you can get that over on Amazon, the Fantasy Benefit, or email me Justin Mason Fantasy at gmail.com for the seven dollar PDF. Uh, that's a, that's enough plugs. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, before we uh, before we move on to the next guy. You know, you already talked about the kind of the fallout with. Uh, with Colorado, I, I'm still skeptical of Colorado just in general. But what about the fallout for St. Louis? Does this limit Tommy Edmonds' playing time, Jason? No. Oh, sorry.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> he, he stole my answer. No, I, don't, I honestly don't think it is. But we you know, obviously it, it would help if we can get some more uh, uh, finality on the, on the DA situation so we can stop projecting eight hitters in these National League clubs. It's getting kind of ridiculous at this point. Uh, but I'm not concerned. I'm not as uh, very concerned about how that all shakes out. I think, like, somebody like uh, I may have to give up my Tyler O'Neill passion this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's got room uh, on the team. He still has an option left, but the tools are just so tough to ignore. But it, you know, this may be what pushes that over the edge.
2: It's Matt Carpenter who's going to get screwed. I mean, Carpenter, they're just going to play him out for the year. He'll be more of a bat. I mean, if there's no DH. E- right. v- H. Um, yep. It's really Carpenter. I mean, Edmund's going to start every day at second base. If he's not at second base for some reason, who's going to take a spot? Edmund Mundo Sosa.
0: There's I mean, there's talk they're going to bring back and
2: Yadier. Yadier makes more sense to me than Colton Wong. But I mean, if they can get Wong on a cheap contract, he certainly can jump over the double play. Ba-dum-ba. But then all of a sudden it's Dexter Fowler who's going to get caught up. I mean, they love Edmund over there. They love Tommy Edmund. So he's going to play.
0: I do too, and so I'm hoping <laughs> I've already got him on a number of teams. You know, a guy who can yeah, hit a, hit for a little bit of power, uh, has speed, and is quadruple eligible in an FBC this year. Uh, yeah, please, please don't hurt my Tommy Edmund shares. All right, let's uh, let's <laughs> let's move on and talk about JT Realmuto. Uh, our, our good friend Ellen Adair did a dance, yes. obviously, because Realmuto is back in town. Uh, Jason, does, I mean, I don't think this affects his value. I think this is kind of where we all always expected him to land, but are you drafting JT or at his current price?
1: You know, I feel better about it. You know, we've, we've talked, you know, Glenn and Rick always remind us about free agents and new places on big contracts. Uh, and that's, you know, we can at least eliminate that fear because that's gone, but at, right now, his current price over the past month in draft champions leagues is right at the end of the third round. Uh, that's not in my playbook. I don't like doing that. And now, but, and he's also going about <laughs> but Perez is 78, Will Smith 109. Uh, I like Will Smith quite a bit. In fact, in my wire bold predictions, I put Will Smith as catcher one this year as a bold <laughs> prediction possibility. Uh, so at, if I'm saying that, I don't want to take real me at end of third, but he and he's going in the fourth. He's gone no later than 54th. Uh, you know, nothing's changed. You look at the lineup. You know, Philly loved finishing fourth place last year. It looks like they're aiming forward again this year uh, because they they've pretty much brought back the exact same lineup and hope it just under underperformed. Um, and then adding, you know, see what they can do out of the pitching staff if they can get a repeat because they added uh, uh, another guy. We'll talk about in a, a little bit, but yeah, I think. The biggest win here is that he's not going to a new place on a massive contract.
0: Yeah, I mean he's and he's going in the the back of the third in twelve team drafts, in fifteen team drafts he's going going right around pick thirty six, which is kind of mid middle of uh or middle of the third. So uh, I'm I I don't know that I can pay that price. Like I know that he gives you such an advantage over like the catching pool in general. I just have a hard time paying that kind of price for a catcher. Uh, Ian, wh- what are you doing with JT Realmuto? Is he going to be on any of your teams this year?
2: I love catchers. I love them. I'm of the opposite mind of everyone because I love catchers. I think they make a huge difference. I'm not drafting JT Real Muto at that rank ever. No. No sir, um, there's too many guys I like later in the draft. That um, if you look at the draft champions, Rio Muto. What I'm looking at is a draft from a while, a couple of months ago that I did. So it's probably not exactly where it was, but you know I, I don't even. And Will Smith I like of course, but guys like Travis Darno I love. Uh, Yasmani Grandal a comeback. Um, Austin Nola, oh, I like him so much. Gary Sanchez, as a buyback candidate, I just read an article this morning about Aaron Boone um, talking about, you know, we gotta, we talked to Gary and we kind of let him know we love him and we're ready for him. I think the fact that the Yankees did not let him go, I'm not sure I agree with that choice. I, uh, as a Yankee fan, I kind of, I've talked on this show before how much I dislike watching Gary Sanchez behind the plate and how much I think he hurts the team with his defense. That being said, from a fantasy perspective, for the last five years, uh, Rick and Glenn, who you've just brought up, and I have been fighting for him in GDD, as Jason is the auctioneer in AL <laughs> Labor this year. I mean, Jay knows. Jason knows. I mean, it's Gary Sanchez, and we're we're bidding to $25, and now we're going to get him for 12 So, you know, it, looking at it from an auction standpoint, guys like that really interest me uh, so much that it's like I'd, I'd rather use that third-round pick on – Brandon Woodruff if he falls, or I mean, who else is right around that area? You know, Tim Anderson is somebody I love. Gosh, DJ LeMayu was going that late. That's silly. Luis Castillo, Zach Gallen. I mean, you know, there are guys that I would rather have. I don't, I don't say, I really don't say, like, oh, forget about catchers. It's nothing. That's not true. Catchers matter a tremendous amount, but you don't have to pay the top premium for real mudo. He is the best catcher. I'm not paying that.
0: That's me. All right. Let's uh let's move it on. Uh on to uh, D.D. Gregorius also re-signing in Philadelphia there was talk that he could end up in Cincinnati and Cincinnati appears uh, to not be wanting to spend any money he gets a two year deal uh, Ian what are your thoughts on Gregorius back in Philadelphia
2: I love D.D. Gregorius he was my older son's favorite player when, when he first started watching baseball You just loved D.D. D.D. was such a great Yankee uh, took over for Dirk Jeter actually did the job um, considering who he was replacing Uh, love Didi have him in a, in a dynasty league that I kind of, you know, was worried about. Surprised he got that much money. Didn't think he was going to get 20, what he got, 28 million for two years. I think I read Matt's that's that's a lot of money to get. I thought he was going to be on a one year, $8 million deal, but you know what? Girardi loves him. The Phillies are smart to keep him. It's a good ballpark for him to be in. You know, I mean, Didi's a very specific hitter. Very happy to have him in a middle infield slot, uh, in this coming fantasy season.
0: Jason, what are your thoughts? I mean,
1: it's it's a little weird because even at that money, like projection-wise, right now, roster resource has him hitting seventh in the lineup. Hmm. You know, if, well, they have Alec. Yeah, you know, they have Alec bomb at the um, hitting second, uh, but they got McCutcheon. They got you know Harper, Real, Muto, Hoskins. Now that's going to move. So I'm sorry, uh, sixth. He's six. Sixth. Yeah, he's, hey, sixth. he's hitting six. I mean, he misses Yankee Stadium. Obviously, you look at even if you take the expected home runs by ballpark. Ah, uh, tool on Statcast last year. The the ten home runs that he hit would have been seventeen if he was playing sixteen. If he was playing in Yankee Stadium, uh, so like he miss he misses that, uh, but that's never coming back. So you have to you take what you can get out of him, and it's solid production because he doesn't you know he's he accepts his blocks, doesn't strike out a bunch, and he's going to be hitting behind the thunder in that lineup. So there should be guys on base for him, uh, so he can still be a, a nice RBI, RBI producer down there out of the six spot.
0: Yeah, I'll be interested to see where his ADP ends up now that he's signed. Because he was starting to drop a little bit in drafts because he hadn't uh, signed a deal yet. And I was very worried about what his potential park factors could be in a new location. You mm-hmm. look at his StatCast page, and it is actually really ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was worried like he if he ended up in a neutral location or a pitcher's park, uh, how much... Uh, that would affect his, his power ability. But going back to Philadelphia, I mean, as much as his stat cast stuff has been bad for a number of years, like he continues to produce, I'm thinking 20 to 25 home runs, uh, you know, 260, 265 kind of batting average, uh, and, you know, some decent counting stats. And considering he's currently going off as the number 20 shortstop right now. Uh, Buying Jake Cronenworth in front of Jorge uh, Polanco, I think that offers a really nice value for your middle infield spot. So yeah, middle infield. That's hey, uh, could we? You mentioned Cincy. Could we like talk about that for a second? Even sure.
2: though
1: things happened, there's been some. There's been <laughs> some talk. Uh, Trent Rosenkrantz uh, wrote something at The Athletic about since that he's been, uh, since he's been on the market for a shortstop, and they actually mentioned Willie Adamas from Tampa Bay as somebody mm-hmm. they wanted to pursue. Uh, mentioning that Tampa Bay is looking for pitching, not like starting pitching, but somebody that can bulk pitch. Um, so throwing this out there, uh, like, if, if they do something, because Willie Adamas is under team control. He's a free agent in 2025. Uh, and so a pitcher who I see in Cincinnati who could fit that profile of somebody, they want to give them four or five innings that they don't expect to go deep in the games is Tyler Maley. Oh, don't uh, you or- put that evil on me. <laughs> So, <laughs> or so like something like because that's not enough that's not one-on-one that's not enough but so if you look at something like tyler Maley and one of like amir garrett uh <clears throat> or even just amir garrett uh given that the rays you know, are going to miss colin Pochet again uh looking for another uh high high leverage reliever type but that's one that's an area of strength for the tampa bay because obviously they've got wander franco uh coming up they've got Taylor Walls, who they really like, and and baseball Ameri- or, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Eric Longhang, and just put him as the number eight prospect in a very loaded Tampa Bay system. It's like they have this position of strength up the middle, and what they don't have strength in right now is pitching. Uh, and so, if these two teams get together, it's like those are two guys that uh, the fan in me would be like, bring them over, or even TJ Antone. You know, bring something like that over, Maley and one of those relievers. Um, uh, over. And then Adamas could go into Cincinnati, which would be really nice for him uh, with park factors there in play. And the fact Mm -hmm. that he just can't hit in Tropicana Field, his his home road splits. He's like the anti-Aeronado. He hits well on the road and has just not hit in Tropicana Field. And so that if, if a trade does happen there, that's somebody if his value doesn't move up the charts, you pounce because his production should greatly improve.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I like that. I like, I like that, that a lot, too. I've always been an Adamas guy. So uh, I really don't want to see them grab Molly for a bull crawl. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be too awful, especially because his ADP would just plummet uh, in, in, in that scenario, I think. but His
1: repertoire almost dictates it, too. I mean, you look at his third time through the order split, they're awful. Awful, awful, awful. Like, he is an ideal 18 to 21 batter space dude and get out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton of shares yet, but he's just my guy from, from last year. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on and uh, talk about Marcus Simeon, another one of my dudes who I've been a big fan of uh, for a long time. Uh, gets, uh, gets a laughable offer in Oakland and then goes and signs uh, a one-year $18 million deal to, it looks like, play third base. In Toronto. So, Ian, what are your thoughts on Marcus Simeon in Toronto?
2: Sure. I mean, that lineup is pretty impressive. I wouldn't be shocked to see Bichette move. Really. I mean, he's not that good at shortstop. And as long as emotionally he can handle it, he's got the bat, certainly, to to handle third base. Simeon's a good glove at short. Um, I, 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 I don't think that that's done being totally settled. I got super nervous when Brantley was also talking about coming to... Um, Toronto, because right. it was like, well, who's not going to play? You know what I mean? I mean, we we've already got Grichuk on the on the bench or in a platoon with Rowdy Telez on the at the DH. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think Simeon's I think Simian's a good player. You know, I think in fact I traded for him from you years ago, didn't I? In one league, was that you? Possible. I'm pretty sure that was you.
0: It's possible. I mean, I, yeah. I I've you and I have made a number of trades over yes. the years. So yes, we have uh, indeed. I cannot keep uh, track of all of them.
2: <laughs> i think i think we did make a trade for Simeon. i remember that you had a roster crunch and i grabbed him from you um but then you know he struggled last year. sure tough break for him i was thrilled that he got the 18 million and you've got to be impressed by what toronto is doing i mean they're playing to play they still have to work in that <laughs> in that rotation so i don't know i think they didn't know the starter I, I don't yeah think. they
1: do and his name is herman marquez that's what they really should go out there and do and leverage. If if, if, yes. if Colorado's going to be like this, go Ooh. get him or yes. go get John Gray. Go do something there, uh, because I agree. It's like offensively, you look at the squad, you're like, man, this could be so much fun. Uh, although I'm not sure Simeon could hit in the top of the line because that gives them five right now roster resource, five right handed bets. Uh, mm-hmm. At the top of the lineup. And I uh, say Biggio what you want about Bizio, Exactly. Say what yeah. you want about Bizio and the strikeouts, but that dude works counts. And that's where he's a pain in the butt. He's ideal for up high in the lineup for that. Yeah, he's going to strike out, but he he works his counts. He accepts his walks. He needs, to me, Uh, guess especially against righties, he's got to be up there. You can't have five righties in a row um, in a lineup like that. But if I'm if I'm Toronto, I'm trying to do whatever I can to go get me one more starting pitcher. Uh, and Herman Marquez is the guy that I would be circling and targeting to say, Colorado, what would you like? In fact, we'll even give you some money to offset the money you sent to St. Louis to make this
0: happen. Yeah, I just don't think Colorado is going to do that. Like I, I know it seems like the logical thing, but... I mean the weakness of Colorado I mean outside of just playing old guys over their prospects has been developing pitching they just haven't been able to do it consistently so to trade one guy that actually is decent in your rotation and can somewhat you know pitch in cores and is fantastic on the road I just don't know that they can str- trade from a weakness they um, have to
2: they have to though that would be such that would actually be the smart play
0: to make I think, because I, I let's say agree, you got, but I don't think they're going to do it.
2: Let's say you could get Simeon Woods, Richardson, Anthony K. for Herman Marquez. Right. And the, 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 the Jays are in and the Jays sign Marquez to a three year extension. Right. Then because it's the same in dynasty leagues, like don't buy pitching if you're not going for it. Is pitching right. this is what I, this is what i wrote in the rotowire magazine by the way i've left rotowire to take all of my rankings over to the athletic i probably should have said that earlier uh, maybe we'll talk about that later but um what i said in the magazine for rotowire was with pitchers you know like you don't invest in young pitching or any pitching because with young pitching you know, they may not develop and they may get Tommy John. And with pitching that's sort of there already, you know, they may have a bad year or they'll get Tommy John. And if they're an older, well-established pitcher, they'll either really struggle one year or they're going to get Tommy John because you're going to get Tommy John. So don't invest in pitching. Herman Marquez, you can get those players for now. Herman Marquez hurts his shoulder. You get nothing for him. Build for the future. The Rockies are not playing to win this year. You're not playing to win if you're trading Nolan Arenado for Austin. I mean,
1: this is where I tried to put Joe Musgrove before you know, his trade happened. We talked about this a few episodes ago where I said, you know, this would be an ideal place for Joe Musgrove. Uh, you know, they, with the catching situation they have with Danny Jansen and, and Alejandro Kirk and Reese McGuire, it's you know, Jansen still has this, uh, you know, we can't just write off Jansen, but they clearly like Kirk, uh, Kirk as well. And they have the the bats it's like here. You want, you know, Gr- Gritchuk's contract's a little tough to trade, but you got like Derek Fisher out of options. Like you throw him into the deal, you got some options. But with Musgrove uh, going to the Padres, uh, where everybody else has gone this winter, it, you know, that's off the table. But they've got the cachet to pull off another deal they that need they to. need to they because need to. this pitching staff. This yeah. ain't gonna
0: cut it. I think it's gonna nope. happen with Cincinnati. I don't think it's gonna happen yeah, with a Colorado. Luis Castillo. Yeah, the Luis Castillo deal or a Sonny Gray <sighs> do they have deal.
2: A, do they have enough for all that? I mean, that's why Herman Marquez you makes. Throw
0: in, you throw in a one of those extra pieces on the major league team. So you package a guy like Teoscar. Um, and, uh, and Danny Jansen, a young, you know, youngish catcher. Yeah. Yeah, um, they've
2: got Stevenson there. So they're, they're not looking for the catching
0: or Martinez, maybe, um, uh, you know, a, a pitching prospect. Uh, there's and, a
2: pitcher on the, on the blue Jays that nobody talks about that. I just love, or maybe he Richardson. Talk about him. No, he's, he's currently, um, he's in the relief role, mid middle relief, Ryan Barucky.
1: Mm. I love... He's always Rourke. hurt. That's the problem. He's got know, good stuff. He's got good
2: stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, that dude can throw. If he. I remember, I guess it must have been 2018, late 18 or 19. As I just draft him at the end of 50, you know, I'm always grabbing Baruchy because if he ever gets to pitch, look out, man. He's good. He's got really good stuff. A lot better than Tanner Rourke. The reason I have such a you know, bone in my butt about Tanner Rourke. I don't think that's an expression is because I drafted him in AL labor last year and watching him pitch. It's just like, it's, it's like, it's like, no, you shouldn't be pitching in the major leagues. You cannot get through you. You know, Jay always talks. Jay's famous for talking about pitchers who can't get through the lineup a third time. Right. That's Jay's like, Jay's been banging that drum rightly for years. I don't think Tanner Rourke can get through the the lineup twice. Like, I just—he's just—I I feel like I could hit him. I was pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just—he's not that good. He's Well, bad. I
0: mean, if, if you look at last year's numbers, he couldn't get through it once. He had a five nine, uh, 5.91 ERA first time through the order, four, 5.48 second time. And the few times he went the third time through, is was 1620, so...
2: Right, I mean, it. I'm telling you, it's like the ball just sits... Literally, it's like hitting off a tee. Sorry, Tanner, if you're listening, my apologies. You're still an amazing 34-year-old adult male who made it to the major leagues, but you are not going to be pitching on a playoff team. If you're starting every five days, you're just such a disadvantage. There's so many This there's, there's still too much risk in that Blue Jays, which the problem is why... The he
0: doesn't paid. have, like, a profile for a bullpen piece, so... I no, mean I guess they could be... just make a long relief or conversely Baruchy is a,
1: to me I don't see Barucky as a starting pitcher because he's a two pitch he's a two pitch guy to the left He sinker slider to lefties and he throws the change at the righties. But what was intriguing about Barucki last year is he had a three miles an hour to his fastball. I'm telling you, he went how from ninety two to ninety five.
2: Dude. And and he's got a little bit of, he's got a little bit of, he hides the ball nice. I mean, there's just something about Barucki. I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, I'm not saying you should be grabbing him in the 28th round, but I'm saying if he's there in the 42nd round in a 50, you know, 50 round draft, get Ryan Barucki. 12% chance. He's a really good starter. Maybe a little higher.
0: Let's talk about some of the Cleveland signings real quick. Uh, Eddie Rosario signs in Cleveland and then Cesar Hernandez resigns in Cleveland. Now there's talk that they may trade Ahmed Rosario uh, out after already acquiring him. What are your guys' thoughts? I'll start with you, Ian, on these two signings in Cleveland.
2: I mean, Eddie Rosario. Here was the only I have a I have a block on Eddie Rosario in my head. I just don't like him. Um, and I, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Everyone likes him. Okay, I get it. What's interesting to me is he used to play the infield. When well, he was coming up as a prospect, he was a second base prospect and then they moved him to the outfield. It's not impossible to see Jose Ramirez get moved in this, you know, cut down thing that they're doing and him ending up at third base as well. Uh, he can hit. I know he can hit. I just I've never been a huge fan of Eddie Rosario. I think there was something in his personal life like five years ago that made me go. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Uh, PED um,
0: suspension, probably.
2: Maybe. I think it was something else, too, but I can't speak to it, so it could just be my blind spot here. Cesar Hernandez, fine. You know, second base makes sense to move Rosario. Um, I, I am excited about Jimenez. I think that Jimenez, he may start in the minors, but I, I like him as a dynasty piece a lot. So I think he's going to run, and he's got some
1: power.
0: Jason, what are your thoughts on these moves? Uh, I mean, Rosario
1: instantly becomes the most productive Cleveland outfielder, and— in- recent years given that <laughs> friend mill reyes is a dh anyhow but you know they, they've struggled so much to uh to uh find a productive outfielder before this deal roster resource had jake bowers hitting cleanup for this team jake <laughs> bowers the guy that couldn't get out of the taxi squad last year was projected to hit cleanup so i mean that's a massive upgrade right there and cesar hernandez likely your new leadoff hitter. I mean, I really don't see another logical candidate right there unless Oscar Mercado rebounds from his disastrous 2020 season. Uh, but, you know, they still have, you know, they're still rolling Tyler uh, Daniel Johnson out there uh, in the ninth place spot. Uh, with Jordan Luplow as a Splatoon partner. but So upgrade offensively, this should help, especially Ramirez. Now, we were joking off air before, like somebody's paid $50 for him in a dra- in an auction already in NFBC, mm-hmm. which and you said he went first overall in something you did, which yep. to me is is nuts. I mean, Hernandez and Rosario was better lineup insulation than yep. what he had last week with Reyes down the line. But still, that's yeah, that's aggressive. But yeah, again, I think what nice what's nice for Rosario here is it's a familiar landing spot. He's staying in the division. It's not like he has to learn a whole bunch of new stuff. Mostly the same ballparks. Uh, very familiar with what's in the division. And so, you know, again, that the, the 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 soft skill part of it, where he's not in a new place, new names, learning everything, that should help him rebound uh, somewhat.
0: Yeah, and I mean. If you look at uh, uh, Hernandez, uh, Cesar Hernandez's uh, ADP currently, it's three eighty six for a leadoff hitter, a guy who's been pretty productive for the majority of his career. Uh, I mean, that's obviously going to come up quite a bit, but uh, even if it comes up, let's say eighty spots, he's still just outside the top three hundred.
1: I mean, I have him. I have him at twelve dollars in my home AL league, and once he signed back here. He went to my keeper list. He was if he was on the he was on the cut line uh, before that, but if he's going to hit leadoff at twelve dollars, there's no way I can let him go. I'll trade him, but there's no way I can just cut him loose.
0: Yeah, I I, I really like Hernandez, uh, and I think it just speaks to the volume of depth at second base that I think people kind of shit on a little bit, but. Uh, I actually like that. Ooh, cursing. Yeah. Once or twice. There you yeah, go. Whenever. Right, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, and as far as Eddie Rosario goes, uh, I mean, he's been an interesting one this draft season because his ADP had not suffered really after, uh, after being non-tendered by the Twins. His ADP uh, this month in draft champions is about 120. Uh, Crazy. And, I mean, so he's going right behind Dom Smith. Uh, and then, you know, right kind of in front of uh, guys like Mike Mustakis and Tommy Edmund. I like Eddie Rosario, uh, and he's been a very consistent fantasy player. Better fantasy player than real-life guy, because defensively he's not great. Um, but that being said, like, I don't know that I'm going to uh, pay that price. I just think there nope. are guys who do more than him uh, going right around the same spot, especially... If you're hurting for speed, you're hurting for positional flexibility, give me guys like Dom Smith, Edmund, Moustakis, that have that multi positional eligibility. Uh, you know, Edmund runs quite a bit. I, I'm probably not going to have Eddie Rosario this year.
2: Nope. No. Hey, I want to throw out a trade idea that just came to
0: me. All right.
2: Um, and I don't do this very often, but let's say the Yankees went after Jose Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Right? You give... Um, Oh, God, what's his name? Gio Urshela, Miguel Andujar, and three top arms for the last two years of Jose Ramirez. And all of a sudden, the Yankees become up there with the Dodgers for just beasts and the Padres. You know that that that's that's a trade I can see. I can see Ramirez being moved for a really nice package of players because they need him in Cleveland. How
1: uh, how can Anduhar and Reyes yeah. coexist on the same roster? Yeah, that's the
0: problem. that's a fair
2: question actually.
1: Yeah,
0: that, yeah. I I think that's there's the a issue. chance
1: like he can hit, but there's no spot in him, no chance he
0: fields. I think there's a chance mm-hmm. that Ramirez gets traded to New York, but it's not to the Yankees; it's to the Mets. The so. Mets, yeah.
2: Wow, do the Mets have enough though? I mean, the Yankees
0: have a system. The Mets don't have the system to get that done. (laughs) They didn't need enough to get Lindor from Cleveland. I mean, they got, I don't know if I agree
2: with that. I think that return package is pretty good. But again, I'm really high on Andres Jimenez.
0: I'm high on Jimenez too. That's five Six years of
2: him, you get three years of Ahmed Rosario for one year of Lindor. I mean, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think that's that bad of a package, to be honest. Yeah. And I don't think the Mets have enough. Even to throw a Rosario Slash, you know, J.D. Davis I think the logical
0: spot would be Toronto You know, you can throw in another Outfielder, you know, that's where, you know You package Teoscar and some prospects I keep Uh, wanting
2: to trade Teoscar Nobody wants him
0: I mean, (laughs) again, how can Teoscar and
1: Fred Mill exist on the same roster?
0: I mean, Teoscar's played the outfield quite a bit
1: Yeah, he's like Nelson
0: Cruz playing the outfield Eventually this is going to be a 30-year-old DH His defense was better last year
2: he was playing center last year some something, too. Yeah,
0: his defense oh, yeah. his defense has gotten better than it was. I mean, it's still not good, um, but I think it's passable.
2: So we're, let's, let's do a little bet, a little side bet, a little dollar bet. I'm not a betting man, but a little dollar bet. If you had to pick a team that he was going to go to, the Jose Ramirez was going to go to a team in a trade at some point during the 2021 season, my pick will be the New York Yankees. Justin's is the New York Mets. Jason?
1: Oh, I gotta think about this one for a second. I'm gonna put him in. Well, I can't go San Diego. Eventually, they're gonna run out of people to trade. Uh, but... Or places to oh, play. Oh yeah,
0: places to play Atlanta. is the problem. Atlanta. Oh, that's yeah, that's like a good that. one. That's, that's good. actually really good. Yeah, that's that good. might be that might Off be the Riley winner. and whatever. Yeah, that, that, that's probably the winner. <laughs> this is you,
2: you could throw like two, three good pitchers and Cleveland knows how to develop them. But they're, you know, it's like Dynasty Baseball now. Ba- Dynasty Baseball and Major League Baseball are closer now than they maybe have ever been. If you're going, you either go all in or you go all out. You get those early draft picks because those early draft I mean, picks
1: rules matter. are set up. I mean, look at Pittsburgh. They are definitely going all out. Yeah, like. Take away anything we have. It was so depressing because I'm still working on uh, the bull prediction series and and, and um, on the NL Central. And I'm staring there at the Pirates, going, "Oh my God, what am I going to choose here? Come I, <laughs> I got to find a hitter and a pitcher. It's like,
0: all right, this guy. I, I got your pitcher one.
1: Anybody else?
0: <laughs> I, I got your pitcher one. No pitcher wins more than seven games on the Pirates.
1: Yeah, that's that's there. Uh, I'm trying to think who I. Oh shoot! I want—I want to say who I put. I actually put Brian Reynolds down for the for the um, hitter because he's going to hit cleanup, and so there's going to be some production there because he has to hit. Somebody's got to score. Oh, I put Miguel Yajuri, uh, uh, the guy we talked about last week that was traded in the uh, uh, in the trade for um, Jamison Tyon. It's like okay, oh, this I got some guy that I think sucks least uh, of all the guys. Okay, so wait. that those are my two bold prediction picks. What they're going to do, I
0: got to sit down and look at the numbers.
2: If this guy's not traded, I got a guy who's going to do something. Ready? Steven Brault is going to surprise this year.
0: I've actually drafted Brault a few times as a starter. Yeah. If
2: you're taking Ryan Berucki in the 42nd round, you should be taking. Yeah, Steve I
0: did look. He was
1: he was the other third. one I looked at, but then I was watching. Then I started watching some more video of Miguel. I I can't even pronounce the name. Yeah. Hooray. Uh, it just was like, OK, that that plays up, especially the curveball.
2: Dude, uh, watch film on Stephen Brawl. I watched. I was watching film last year. I was watching a game and I was like, what? It's, it's something about lefty. I'm a sucker for lefties with high velocity and I'm watching Brawl pitch. I'm like, dude, Stephen, what? And then he struck out eight, some eight players in four innings, one game. And then I was like, all right, I'm all in Stephen Brawl picked him up in Devil's Rejects like that minute. And I was like, all right, Stephen Brawl. Then he gives up like three runs in a third of an inning. I'm like, right, Stephen Brawl, Stephen But then he comes back late in the season as a starter, and look what he did at the end of the year. He had the two starts at the end of the year where he was the best pitcher in baseball for two starts. But still, you know?
0: He's he, going he's, in the 32nd round right now in, in draft Champions League. So Take
2: him in the 31st then.
0: Yep. I, I, listen, uh,
2: in the he certainly has up 30.
1: working for him. Yeah, you know, the league hit a buck fifty off his fastball and changeup last year. Uh, you know, he only throws his changeup to righties. Doesn't do any same, same handed. But he was throwing. He threw five different pitch classifications to righties and four different pitch classifications to lefties last year. Yeah. What does
2: it What does it look like, TJ? Am I right on this?
1: I mean, uh, 49%, this is better than I expected going in. Yeah. Yeah. Forty nine
0: percent ground ball rate. Uh, yeah. limits hard contact i mean yeah. there's, uh you know i mean i don't know that we're gonna get a ton of strikeouts uh from him but he could be a volume guy because they ain't got nothing else they're really. gonna trade i right,
1: tell you what Ian, i'm gonna switch it just because of your recommendation i'm gonna even put it in there that you know what ian said i'd uh, take i take a better look at this i did and he's right mm-hmm. yeah so you're you gonna know. see the call out in the article
2: and okay, now's the time for me to say. So I've been at RotoWire for three years doing dynasty rankings. Clay Lincoln, and James Anderson brought me in, Jeff Erickson, as well. And I've been doing them there. And now, after doing the podcast over at the Athletic, I'm moving over to the Athletic with great love and respect. I'll be doing RotoWire podcasts all the time, uh, RotoWire Radio, like Jay does. Um, but uh, if you want to see my rankings, I, it's still up at RotoWire. Definitely give them a look. Definitely subscribe there. Great stuff there. But uh, also, you should subscribe to the Athletic because. It's a really good site, and it's not terribly expensive, and the fantasy people over there are pretty fancy, too, including Eno Saris, who was the former uh, host of Sleeper on the Bust.
0: We don't we don't speak that name on this podcast. He left our Twitter group <laughs> check. I'm just, he I'm just kidding. He <laughs> left our Twitter group check. Do you believe that? Did, did he? he? No, no. Yes. Oh. He did. Well, that, we're always texting. Yeah, because we were texting, texting I was going to send you
1: guys something. Earlier this morning, I looked down, and it says Eno Saris left. I'm like, what? How do you do
2: that to us? I'm oh, sorry. Who's on that chat? Because I'm not on that chat. You're just bringing that up.
1: An ancient, it was an ancient DM. It's just Justin, Paul, uh, and me. Uh, Justin, Paul, you know, myself. Okay. And it's, it's like an ongoing from like three years ago pot, uh, trend. And he so just maybe left. we should add you in. I, you know, you know because Ian be in. in
2: there was a period of time where I was doing the show somewhat regularly with you guys. I remember and you were doing the t-shirts and you were going to do the t-shirts and I wanted you to have like, you know, Paul and Jason and Justin, and then just like a little $1 bill. Cause I was still playing Washington at the time. And I, I pushed for that. It didn't happen. That's when I knew I wasn't really long for the, you know, you guys were gonna, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's all good. It's all very, very good. All right. Stephen, let's Stephen brought, ladies and gentlemen, Stephen brought,
0: Let's uh, let's talk about uh, Andrew and Simmons signing with the Twins. I don't know that he makes a lot of fantasy noise, uh, you know, on his own account, but he definitely affects uh, this Twins lineup because we've got uh, now Jorge Polanco moving over to second. Luis Ariz is, I guess. They have Edge. yeah, probably like a super util. Russell Resource has him still uh, as a strong side platoon as the DH. I can't imagine that's going to stand very long because I'm pretty sure Nelson Cruz is going to be back uh, in that role. Uh, there's been a lot of smoke that he's going to re-sign uh, with the Twins. So, Jason, what are your thoughts on Andrild and Simmons signing in Minnesota and the subsequent moves uh, because of that?
1: You know, as you said, it, the the Nelson Cruz talk is now he may be willing to take the one year deal he was hoping to get two years. But I mean, he's what forty eight? Or wait, I'm forty eight. He's forty three or something. <laughs> he's <but>. Fifty six. <laughs> <laughs> but he's aging. He's aging like the finest of wines too. Uh, so that makes the most sense. Arias is going to go into utility role, but and Simmons when he's uh, even in this lineup, he's going to hit down in the lineup. But I'm more. Uh, where his value is going to be is is benefiting the pitching staff because yeah. Blanco is terrible. He is not a good shortstop, but Simmons is a fantastic shortstop. And so you look at the the pitching staff, and the pitchers are probably was like, all right, now I can get some more of these ground these pulled ground balls that the left side on right, he's convert actually converted into outs. And so I think he actually has a better impact. Uh, his fantasy impact I don't think honestly changes that much, although he's going to see uh, reduced playing time compared to what he had. Ah, uh, with the Angels, just because of the spot in the lineup, but I think this benefits the Twins pitchers. You got to uh, give them a little tick up because they just got a massive defensive upgrade behind them.
0: I could not agree more with that. I mean, that if Donaldson's healthy, him and Donaldson paired up on that side, and then you've got Byron Buxton when he's healthy uh, in center. That, that's that is the makings of a really, really nice defense. Uh, I do think it, I mean, I don't really care about Simmons for fantasy, uh, it, for his own value, uh, but I do love the, the def, added defensive value for the pitchers, and so uh, definitely going to pump up uh, the pitchers a little bit more, uh, especially a guy like, you know, Randy Dobnak, who, uh, you know, isn't necessarily a guy that people are necessarily targeting, but a nice deep league fifth starter option for the Twins. Uh, Ian, what are your thoughts on this move?
2: I agreed. I had the same thought, which was that makes my uh, Kenta Maeda and Michael Pineda uh, in one league really strong. Um, helps that quite a bit. You know, on the Nelson Cruz front, there's a guy, there's a guy, you know, they got kirillov right now. A guy I kind of like Trevor Larnach. as a real sleeper. Well, I wasn't going to go Larnock. Uh, if, if Cruz does not resign, <laughs> is Brent Rooker not Ooh. take him in the 37th round. But 38th round, but there's there's uh, he does have some power and if he could put it together. He he looked he did not look lost last year to me at the plate, which surprised me. So, again, this is small potatoes. This is not a big play, but Brent Rooker late. I kind of like uh, makes little me nervous. concerns
0: about Rooker uh, after breaking his forearm. Um, oh. So he broke it at the end of the season last year. So far, he's, he sounds like he's going to be on track for opening day, uh, but he could also start the year on the I.L. So that's just something to be
2: yep. kind of aware okay. of with Rooker. 39th round, 40th round. And also, if you're taking Byron Buxton in a 50-round do yourself a favor and grab yourself Jake Cave in the in the 38th, 37th. I'm telling you, all I'm talking about is guys in the 30, 30th to 40th round. But Jake Cave is a really, really good handcuff. And because of Buxton's injury issues, it's just something to uh, to, to grab. It'll cover you. And AL only, especially. Like last year in AL only, I grabbed – in AL Labor, I grabbed Buxton. I paid for Buxton. And then after that – um. I grabbed Cave in in my reserve round, and then used him pretty consistently. So it was really valuable.
0: All right, let's uh, let's talk about Wilson Ramos. He signed a deal to catch in Detroit. Ramos has been one of those kind of uh, guys that we hoped it would get back to what he was kind of early in his career in Washington. Hasn't quite gotten there, but I think a pretty serviceable catcher, Ian. What are your thoughts on Wilson Ramos from a fantasy uh, perspective?
2: I like that spot for him. I think he's going to play. I think he can hit. I'm not, I don't think he's a very good catcher. He's going at 370. He was going at 370 before he signed. He's going to move up to the high, uh, to the late 280s, 290s in the Buster Posey area, like 260, 265. As a second catcher, I like him a lot. As a first catcher, Yeah, Jason? Oh.
1: It's a great landing spot, and when we talked about this last year uh, with Detroit and and their propensity to sign guys that are looking for a new home uh, after after fading out elsewhere, and that they will give lots of playing time. Last year, this was the CJ Crone and Jonathan Scope. Landing spot. Chrome uh, got hurt er- early on, but Scope ended up having a productive year, and I think uh, Ramos could do the same. I really do want to see a Wilson Ramos versus Miguel Cabrera foot speed race uh, to see <laughs> how long it's going to take these guys to get there. Yeah, uh, you know, like if 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 Cabrera is somehow in the field uh, for God, whatever reason, and Ramos is behind the plate, just blunt and see which guy's going to pick it up before you get to second base. But yeah, you know, with with Ramos, no the, the nice thing about him is like he. Uh, High contact. He does hit the ball hard, but the problem is he always hits it on the ground. Uh, and that has not changed. I mean, every now and then you'll see a bump up in his launch angle. You're like, oh boy, oh boy. But he hits so much in the ground. And he's such a double play killer, a uh, double play uh, machine uh, because of it. But the good news is in Detroit, there's just not a lot of OBP on in front of him. So there shouldn't be <laughs> as much OB, uh, as much Double play problems, but I mean he should hit fifth in that lineup, maybe even clean up. Uh, like I said, he does make hard contact, uh, and he's going to play a lot. Uh, what you know, come as he had said, not a great defensive catcher. Ah, uh, but and he can't really DH because they're not taking Miguel Cabrera out of that equation. So he's going to be there back there behind the plate. So if he's going to play every day, he can probably put a cap on his playing time, uh, assuming he stays healthy at 115 to 120 games tops.
2: Real quick, because I know we're 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 running late. Oh yeah, um, Heimer Candelario. I'm just curious, where where do you
1: guys are on him? Liked him last year. I ended up getting him uh, at his price quite a bit last uh, in a couple of leagues last year. Uh, and or traded for him and it worked out really well i was honestly pleasantly surprised by what he was able to put together but uh i'm expecting a little bit of a step back this year
2: justin
0: yeah candelario i think he's fine especially because he's he's not very expensive he's got a pretty sure double, double eligibility yep, yeah first and third yeah first and third uh Statcast data was actually pretty decent 73rd in exit velocity Uh, 86 hard hit percentage, 68th percentile in barrel percentage. Uh, I think he is one of those guys that uh, offers you a little bit of flexibility at the end of your roster or on your reserve list. Uh, Obviously, the 297 average is, you know, kind of buoyed up by the 372 BABIP we saw last year, so that normalizes. He's probably more of a 250 guy, but I think it's coming with 20 home runs, and uh, you know, decent enough uh, counting categories. Uh, a, a good guy to kind of protect your your corners, especially if, like, let's say you draft, like, a Reese Hoskins, who might, you know, not be ready for opening day. He's a good guy that you could easily kind of cover there, uh, you know, at, in your reserve list.
2: Just want to say something? I like him a lot.
0: Yeah? Why? Yeah. Uh,
2: he has always sort of had the upside. He's been around for three years. I talk about this on on our show, on sleep on the Bus, on uh, Under the Radar all the time, that I think of baseball kind of like high school, where your first couple of years, you're a freshman. In the in first few years in baseball, you're a freshman and you're just sort of like, oh my God, what's going on? Everyone's so big. Everyone throws so hard. What's why? Oh man, where do I stand? And then you play for a few years and then you become a sophomore. And it's like all right, well now they're the young ones and I'm sort of and that's where I see Candelario. I'm really big on him this year. I think he's gonna be really strong. All right. I probably shouldn't have said that because now Jay's gonna bid me up in AL labor. (laughs) But um but I, I, you know, my wife asked me that last night. She was like, you know, you give away all your tricks. Why do you do that? Why do you tell everybody everything? And I said, Because that's kind of the job. It is that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to, you know, let the listeners, the people who support the shows know who we like and in the process, yes, Ariel Cohn is listening and Ariel Cohn's going, Ian guys gonna pick our marcondillario. I'm gonna have to, you know. So uh and that's 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 totally fine. I didn't even do the full impression. I can do it. you thing.
1: just leverage then you leverage that stuff against people. You know, there yeah. there are people that, that like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this, but I tend to be somebody who always uh, yeah. I will I will draft where I've put my mouth. Mm -hmm. Uh, on things like if i've made a bold prediction on somebody i'm not bowing out uh there is a price and that's your job to figure out where my price is on somebody
2: yeah how how
1: confident am i how confident am i in that prediction that i've made
2: glenn colton sorry a little shout out for under the radar fans um glenn colton always says you know who i like i know who you like doesn't matter it's about what you do in the room Mm -hmm. and i agree with that I really do. And I think Heimer Candelario going 235. the guys going around there. Also, Willie Castro's is going 240. I like Willie Castro going into next year. Didn't I trade for him with you, Jay, last you year? Did. During...
1: I drafted him in the reserves. You drafted him in him the reserves. You for, and you had to cover something and I sent him to you.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I forget what the, what the, what the, I think was. I got, con-
1: I got Candelario in a draft. I think that was from, Eno though, that may have been, that was not
2: from me. I All right, That was, you
1: know, got- in labor. I forgot who I flipped him, but I flipped him. Somebody and got Candelario out of it. And then the guy I flipped him, got hurt like five days later.
2: You know, did well last year. That's a good league, man. Ale Labor. Larry Schechter won last year. Ooh, going to eat Larry Schechter this year. That's my goal. <laughs> you beat me. I'm going to eat you. Got to eat you, Larry. He's so tough. He's a good player, though. Larry's a good player. It's a good group, man. Holy smoke. Zola, Colette, Eno, Cockroft, Gardner, Clay Lane. I mean, just Todd Zola. What a, what, a great, what a great table that was. That was the most fun night of the year before the pandemic hit it
1: was the last one night of the year yeah, it was
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> was it like march was it no was it was it... The end of, it was february 29th That's <sighs> why I, because it was the leap year day but yeah it was february I 29th flew
2: down and you and i were hanging out before the draft and because you bought that you because of all of your travel you were an executive member so you and your boy and i got to go into the the special section and eat hors right before the right before the big draft
1: yeah and i lost all those privileges because i haven't gone anywhere since
0: <laughs> more fun that way sorry sorry i know i'm slowing this down here we no, go we're gonna we're gonna do a speed round for these last uh uh seven or eight uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw out the uh, the signing or the move and you guys tell me if you're interested uh, in fantasy all right so let's uh we're gonna start with adam rainwright re-signing in st louis ian are you interested in Wainwright Fantasy?
2: Uh sure. Thirty-second round.
0: All right, Jason. Yes, I-, I wanted him to come to Tampa Bay. So yes, interested,
1: especially with uh, his improved defense on the left side of the diamond.
0: There we go. Matt Moore coming back to the United States. Pitched in Japan last year. Pitched really well there. Jason, interested in Matt Moore, who signed in Philly. Oh God, no! I can't. I can't do
1: it. I got to see him pitch once to see what's there. I mean, I loved him coming up as a prospect. Uh, But I still I can still vividly see him throwing his final pitch before his first Tommy John surgery in Kansas City on the mound. And he just has not been the same
0: guy since. Uh, Ian, Any interest in Matt Moore? I have a rule.
2: If you're a top prospect, top three prospect in baseball, I'm always going to give you a chance. A little bit at, at your draft position. Where's Matt Moore going right now? 40th uh, my, round. My,
0: no. My guess is he's outside of the top fifth rounds.
2: Then yes, I'm taking him in the forty sixth round, and I'm going go Phillies. His, JT, his, his ADP through.
0: is seven forty two. He's only so been drafted. He's only been drafted in three of the twenty eight drafts that have happened this month in draft. Champions. That's
2: awesome. Take him. Late. See, look, I mean, what are you gonna do late, right? What are you gonna do in the 45th to 50th rounds? Yes, try to get a couple of prospects that you think might come up, right? Yes, but also go for high upside guys. A guy like last year, a guy I was on last year was Martin Perez. Similar setup as Matt Moore, right? Was Martin Perez valuable for the Red Sox last year? Uh-huh. He was. And did he help your team if you drafted him in the 45th round as you're getting injuries left and right? And like, oh, my God, I need to start some right, Martin Perez. And he gives you six innings, one run, three hits and six strikeouts gets you the win. Yes. If they used to have something special, they're worth an absolute sleeper bid at the end. 45th round and above if Matt Moore is still sitting there. Grab him. I would even go so far as to say 42nd
1: round. All right. They gave him three million dollars. They must see something.
2: I mean, he's he, got he a rotation
1: was,
0: spot. He was very, very good in Japan this year.
2: What were the numbers in Japan?
0: Um let me see if I, nah. I, I he was I, big there, that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> um let's uh I I'll, I'll try to find him for a future episode when we talk about my more again. Um Jock Peterson signs with the Cubs, Ian. Interested? Yeah. Me likey that. I like that.
2: I think that that – another top prospect, former top prospect. Where is he going? Jock Peterson is going probably in like the 350 area or something before he 359. signs. Three ah, fifty nine. All right, there you go, 359. Um, I, I think he's got to go up to the high 200s now, and he's somebody who, yes, I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play quite a bit.
1: Uh, Jason? My only issue is if they're going to overexpose in the lefties, how far is it going to drag down his average? I mean, sure. One of the things, I was looking at this yesterday, you know, in, in 15, he had 585 plate appearances in 151 games, and, you know, I would like to ask Derek, he's got him projected for 547 plate appearances in 120 games. I don't know how you get to that number uh, unless he's walking an insane amount of time. I don't know how he's going to get that many plate appearances um, with a 30-game drop, but I, I ideally... He doesn't see a lot of left-handed pitching, uh, and so his batting average stays up because the more lefties he sees, that's going to be—his batting average is going to hang out in the 220s.
2: I actually think that also—can I just add one more thing? Mm-hmm. and know we're speeding. David—this gives David Bodie—is it Bodie or Boat? Mm. It's Bodie. David— Bodie. Bo- Bodie some playing time because i actually think if chris bryant stays you're going to see a little bit of a platoon there he's not going to start against lefties all that often then you move Bryant to the
0: outfield which gives Bryant a lot more value
2: boy geez louise we got to talk about that dude at some point what
0: the heck um and i i just want to chime in on peterson peterson's been a guy that i've loved for a long time i really really was uh high on him when he came into the majors i do worry about the platoon but like jason said if you know, if he is platooned, it's it's still uh that could help buoy up the average a little bit. I, I mean, I think he is pretty much what they lost in Kyle Schwarber. so it's uh I really like that buoy by the way. that's a yeah, good thank you buoy. Yeah. um let's uh let's move on and uh talk about Steven Matz being traded to Toronto. I do not care, but Ian, do you uh,
2: yeah, I do. I care around, around 29, twenty nine twenty twenty eight twenty nine thirty one in that area, I'll, I'll take another chance on him. Another former top prospect. I'm a sucker for guys who, at some point, scouts were really high on. If he could stay healthy, I mean, it's terrible division. I don't know. I mean, you know, you're know, eighth starting pitcher, but you don't count on him, Right.
0: Yeah, I I just can't do it, and I think once they make another move to bolster this rotation, he's the guy that's in the bullpen. No, nope, he's not. No, no, oh, it's Tanner Roark. <laughs> it's Tanner Roark. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. I
1: mean, this for me, you know And this remember, you know, Ian, you mentioned with Rosario, you know, something happened way back when where you were like, okay, I, I've written him off. Like for Mats, I remember reading some stories about how he was not not soft, but, like, a little bit mentally fragile when it came to, uh, you know, stressful pitching situations. I just remember reading some things that were, like, he was always trying to tinker or, like, oh, this hurts, oh, that hurts, or oh, this hurts, and, uh, like, whining, basically. Uh, call And that's always kind of resonated with me. And, like, even through everything else, he still has been able to strike guys out in the low 20s range. I mean, uh, the last three years, 23, 22, 25. So he's still been able to get some strikeouts, but it's just the the blowups, ups. Uh, and then now he's a lefty starter, moving from what was a decent division to a tough home ballpark, and has to pitch in Fenway as a lefty, and has to pitch in Camden uh, as a lefty yeah, against full righties. I upgraded the AL East hitters when this trade happened. <laughs> he
0: he had he had nine appearances last year uh, for the Mets. In five of those nine appearances, he gave up multiple home runs.
1: Yeah, he yeah. just. I got 14 home runs and 30 and
0: two thirds of an inning. He belongs yes. in the bullpen. He belongs in the bullpen.
2: Not me, Tanner. Roark, I'm not going to beat up Tanner Rourke anymore. I I'm mean, just not personally, it. it's not I, nice. I,
0: I think I think the Blue Jays should go out and get two more starters, and they may.
2: I'll tell you what. If Stephen, I will bid on Stephen Matz and AL labor
0: this year. All right.
2: I put out a buck.
1: You should say He's yours. You say $1. Somebody's going to say two. You should do, you yeah, you
0: should do yeah. what I did last year in NL Tout which is take that really cheap guy that people are expecting to get for 2 or $3 at the end of the auction and make him your first throw at a dollar.
1: That's always fun.
0: Just huh. you, know. you know who
1: used to do a lot of that? That would be uh, uh, Steve Moyer. Steve Moyer was infamous. Like The rat room would come around to him. Like He would be early and he would throw out uh, like, Jared Dyson, before Jared Dyson was a thing, like, he would always throw some guy, you're like, man, I had him down there at my end-game mm-hmm. reserve pick, and he stole him out a dollar, and the rest of the room was like, I ain't saying anything. Yeah. One year, he got a really good stolen base source by doing that, because the rest of the room was like, uh, what? Uh, so, Moyer, rest in peace, uh, was always mm-hmm. really good at doing that.
2: You know, I took over uh, with Steve Gardner, where Steve is uh, Stephen Moyer's old team in the XFL, which is Ron Chandler's dynasty slash keeper league. Um, I just joined that XFL this past year and we took over Stephen Moyer's team, which was pretty good. And he did a really fine job. All right. Let's. I just uh, want to say tip let's... of the hat to Steve Moyer. He drafted uh, Bryce Harper when he was a junior in high school. It's an open universe <laughs> league, which I really do <laughs> like. And he, everyone's like, why are you taking Bryce Harper? And then I just traded Bryce Harper to – Stephen, I just traded Bryce Harper and Gio Urshela to, um, on a $28, $3-plus contract moving forward to Jeff Erickson for a rookie value, um, Andrew Vaughn and Adley Rutschman. Oh, so We will have both of those players for the next 12 years, and Harper eventually will get too expensive, but uh, Jeff is going for it this year, and he's, uh, I like that he's in position. I, yeah, really, um, I
0: really like Vaughn um and you do
2: you know i just watched film on Vaughn the other day he's just got such a strange body
0: yeah but i mean he's he's gonna end up at dh and uh you think yeah i think so yeah, um so just six
2: feet i mean he's just so squat he
0: uh, he actually played his high school ball uh a 15 minute walk from my house
2: did you ever see him play in high school? <laughs> nope. <laughs>
0: At I had no. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he became like the uh, kind of MLB prospect until he went to Cal. So hey,
2: this next one, this next one is got to make the better half of you happy, Justin.
0: <laughs> Tommy La Stella signs with the Giants. Uh, Ian, you think it's gonna make uh, Danielle happy? Does it make you happy? It
2: makes the boss happy, so that makes me happy because I'm smart. I understand who the boss is in that family. It makes her happy. It makes me happy. I think it's a great deal. I think it's. I think it's interesting. I think they moved in the fences in San Francisco a little bit. No, um, they, they they, they shut the year. gate.
0: They shut the oh. gate, which made it play uh, more hitter hitter friendly. Okay.
2: Um, I, I like La I think he's going to play every day, and I think he's a three year contract. Right, three year deal. Yeah. Three years. Go, Tommy La I own him. In fact, I think I. Sure. He was part of the Simeon trade. I think it was Simeon and Listella for a couple of picks.
0: Yeah. Uh Jason, like Listella. Hit
1: leadoff. Yeah. Love him. Love his ability to accept his walks, hit leadoff, and just get on base to score runs. So you're looking at average. He's not going to run much, but average and and scoring runs up there will be really nice. Uh likely will be platooned uh in that situation where they're going to yeah, platoon every everybody. I could see him getting some platoon. Yeah. If I mean, if you're going to carry Wilmer Flores on your roster, you got to give him some playing time. Mm-hmm. That's where you give it to him.
0: Yeah, we they're, they're platooning got... four guys this year. It's, I mean, it, it's they're they're trying to emulate what Tampa Bay does. I don't know if they'll be successful at it, uh, especially with the personnel that they have. Was but... Game
1: Cap roomed again? Oh yeah,
0: Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so
2: I like I like Austin Slater an awful lot. Late. As a as a late power speed combo guy, he's
0: got to stay healthy though. I mean, yeah. that's part part of the late. issue with him is in the in the where
2: where's he going in drafts? Let me take oh, a quick look.
0: Slater's going super late. He, he's going pick three sixty two.
2: It's not that late, and that's about where he belongs. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like Slater. I just want to say I also like Darren Ruff, but not crazy, but late. late uh, they, I
0: they, I'm Flores situation. Yeah, that I'm that a Wilmer Flores guy, but the, this Listella signing hurts him. Uh, quite a bit. Uh, all right. Uh, let's move on and talk about Freddie Galvis signing in Baltimore, Jason. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love that. It, it, we talked earlier. Uh, it just, Baltimore's a great place for a guy with, that wants to go up there and just hit. Uh, and that works. And we saw what. Uh, it worked for VR. It's worked for guys like Renato Nunez. It's like, let me go up there and just hit. Uh, and I was speculating on something today. It's like when I look at we talked about Cincinnati earlier. You look at aristides Aquino, who's out of options on the Reds. Like if they waived him, Baltimore should be the first club that jumps up there and says, "We'll take him," and then throw him out there and let's let's see what Aquino can do in that uh, particular ballpark. But I actually do like Freddie Galvis. Um, in, kind of in that Detroit mode where, hey, come here and play. We're going to let you play. We're going to let you hit high in the lineup um, and try to fluff up your trade value so we can move you for a real asset uh, at the trade deadline. You?
2: Me, likey. uh grabbed Galvis everywhere. I grabbed Galvis everywhere. I was going in the 40th round or so. Um, and like Jose Iglesias last year, he's going to play every day. And for uh-huh. $1.5 Baltimore is smart. There's an injury to a contending team. Galvis moves. He's not going to get a top 100 prospect for him, but you're going to get a top 200 prospect for him, maybe a couple of them, um, to help you know fill that spot. And I think he's a worthy, really deep 15-team, 20-team. 20, 20 he's your middle infielder. You're fine. Um, AL only, he'll, I'll be bidding on him. Hello.
1: Second base shortstop eligibility. Come on I mean, now.
2: There's a
0: lot to like here.
2: Going to play, going to run a little bit, going to hit some home runs.
0: Especially with Richie Martin looking like he may miss some, some time uh, with injury. Uh, like they, you're going to say Richie Martin was missing pitches. I'm like, yes, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's exactly, a... exactly Richie Martin, what
1: Richie Martin does. That that rule
0: five draft Richie Martin pick
2: was mm. was it just doesn't, you know. Galvis might get some cheap home runs, too, in left center field.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he can easily get to 15, maybe even 20 homers in Camden, so... Uh, and I mean, he's going to accumulate stats like deeper leagues where where you really need those guys who are just going to play every day and, and just kind of rack up uh, some cheap stats. I mean, he's currently going to pick f- uh, five forty three. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was grabbing I mean, him then, everywhere. The, the problem that you got
1: to worry about is, you know, Ian said, OK, if somebody gets hurt, they'll make a trade. I mean, He's on a one year deal for a million and a half. He's going to get moved at some point. And he, your fear is he gets he gets Jonathan Villard, where like he goes to Toronto and then just doesn't play.
2: Yeah, but you get him. But the point is you're spending so little to get him oh, yeah. that you can use him for three months. And it's it's really in these 50, I think 50 round drafts is what we're talking about the yeah. most because that's what's most active going right now. But, you know, in, in those drafts to just have him sitting there on your bench just in case you have Tommy Edmond. He's he's your middle infielder and he pulls a little something for two weeks. You can put Freddie Galvis in there. You need at-bats as old mm-hmm. Tim McLeod. Would, no, I don't mean old Tim McLeod because he's old. <laughs> but as terrible. was. my boy. I love Tim McLeod. It's called <laughs> in the business. But uh, the old, what I meant was the old Tim McLeod, like what he says the game is about is at-bats, at-bats, at-bats. Mm-hmm. Galvis is going to give you those at-bats. Um, Completely and, agree. Yeah.
0: All right. Carlos Rodon re-signs yeah. with the White Sox, Ian. I am so
2: happy. I really like that. I, you know, he's like, we were talking about Matt Moore. Carlos Rodon is in that same conversation, top three pick Mm -hmm. in the draft. Really gone through it. Do you know how much he got, how much he signed for? Three million. Good, that's right, because he was going to get 5.4 in arbitration. I know this because of OOTP. If you don't play OOTP, I'm sure you guys talked about OOTP on the show, because Paul likes to play it too. Um, in OOTP in the Athletic League, I had the White Sox, and it was really a conversation in my head. Like, do I re-sign him in arbitration? Do I let him go? I love it. Um, I love that he's getting paid $3 million. I, am going, yeah, I will be putting a dollar down in AL labor. Uh,
0: somehow he is still only 28 years old. Uh, and like I said, one of the four top prospects uh, on the pitching side. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, super late in the draft and hold Ale only. I'll, I'll take the gamble because if well, he look. ever figures it out, he he could be amazing. Uh he, or Jason, sword Rodon. No thanks. I'll let you guys go do it.
2: Six seventy eight. He's being drafted. Yeah. I mean, it's
1: not well, that. and if it that AL like an AL labor. Uh, or yeah. Al Tau? No, I, I, I'm not. I'm Neither. not going to spend a dollar. I'll take a, maybe possibly a reserve okay. to see what's there, but I'm not
0: going to spend a draft dollar on this. All
2: right, I'm going to spend three. I'm going to bid <laughs> one. Somebody's going to bid two. I'm going to bid three, and then everyone's going to shut up. And I, well, maybe J- I won't. Jason's going to
0: throw them out in the first round at once. See, that's why you throw two. I always <laughs> love throwing guys at two dollars.
2: You, 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 you did really that want
0: to
1: last miss, year. Do it. I did. It, I do it a bunch. I, do, did I did. really. I, I try to stay at a dollar days just for that reason anybody will say two, but not everybody will say three. So I love throwing guys out at two or three bucks.
2: You know what I did in a in a, what Steve Gardner and I did in an, in the XFL auction? Can I share this real quick? Sure. Because yeah. it Because it's crazy, but there's I, 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 it was really revolutionary. And Ron Chandler was like, "What are you doing? Why did I let you in the league?" I don't think he said that. Um, we left twenty dollars on the table at the end of that auction. It's a keeper league. Keeper league. Who cares? But but beyond that also. <laughs> It gave us control of the back end of the draft completely. We got everybody we wanted. We got nice. Jared Walsh for a dollar. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm really high on Jared Walsh yeah. for this season. Yeah. We got him for a dollar. That's six. awesome. We keep him for eleven, then we keep him for sixteen. Keep him for twenty one. We keep him for twenty six if he turns into something. You know what I mean? And, and I, I I thought we would have to go to ten for Jared Walsh for the upside. You know, or but eight. Everybody was out of money at that point. Everyone's out of money. And Todd's yeah. all was like, somebody's got the hammer. I was like, we're not even going to use the hammer because it's a keeper league. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to spend all that's just Think about this from a theory perspective. I love the theory side of the game as much as any part of the game. The theory is if you're in a keeper league, you don't have to spend your money. Somebody had five dollars left. They threw five. They threw out a player for five bucks. That should have been a one dollar player because they want to end it. Well, okay, but if you keep him now next year, instead of him being six dollars next year, he's going to be ten dollars next year.
1: Like, have I used sp- this example? I, I I know I've told Justin this, and I don't know if you're familiar with the story. My local AL league. Uh, you know, I I think I had just flown home from New York. Uh, and you know, drove up, did the draft in Greensboro. I need a second baseman. I am down. I have you know, the way the draft's shaken out. It, this is a keeper league. Now it's a three-year contract. It's not like perpetual keeper. But I have second base left, and I have nineteen dollars left. And I could I could have had any I could have had any player I wanted at two dollars. But no pride got in Jason's way, and I said, you know what? The only guy left at second base eligibility is a guy named Whit Merrifield. I want him, and I want him for nineteen dollars. I could have had Whitmerfield for
2: $2. Yes, that's the point. That's yeah. the point.
1: So even yes. as long as I, it was just pride, don't let pride get your don't way. Be afraid I could have had Whitmerfield lead. for $2. You probably would have Perfect won example. that league twice in the last four years.
2: Perfect <laughs> example. Perfect example in in Keeper Dynasty Leagues that where contracts are attached. Do not be afraid to leave money on the table. This is the most valuable thing I, I think I can share um, on the show. Because everything else was kind of, you know, fine. You know,
0: it's, it's... <laughs> that's not true. Huh. <laughs> just... you, you called my wife the boss. That—that that, that. she is the boss. Oh, come on, I
2: know she's the boss.
0: All right, we're rolling towards the end. All right, Oops, Oops, last geez, one. That,
2: come on. She's on uh, awesome. Trevor William. Nothing. Wait, oh, I got to tell the story. All right, guys, real quick. I'm the one who's keeping everybody held up here. So Justin jo- joins the Guardians of the Republic show. Which Jay, you haven't really um, you you are a regular listener of the show. We disappointed you this week because there was yeah, no. Yes, you up- did.
1: I was like, oh, like, here comes an episode today. Oops.
2: No, <laughs> no, Patrick. And I think Patrick's sort of smart. Actually, that we didn't do a show this week. It's not bad that we do it every two weeks. Um, for now, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but we brought Justin on, and my wife's like, Justin, you talk about him. You like him a lot. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's the new Guardians of the Republic. He's and and so I pulled up the picture of Justin in his one-piece bathing suit. (laughs) I showed it to my wife. I said, You want to see you know who Justin is? And she's like, Well, you talk about him all the time. You really like him, don't I? I was like, Yeah, we started every conversation with like, hi, but hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. buddy. That's how Justin and I start off every phone call. Um, like with Alex Cushing, we go, hi, but Justin and I say, Hey buddy. And I show him the picture. I show my wife the picture of Justin smiling, <laughs> wearing the big woman's bathing suit, with a picture of him on his chest. And she goes, "That's the guardian of the republic." You're damn right it is. <laughs> so if you have not, if you have listened to this show and you have not seen this picture of Justin Mason, you've got to find it. It is my favorite picture of Justin. It is my favorite picture of any fantasy baseball player. It may be my favorite picture of any person.
1: Washington I could have sent the Hessians running early if they would have said the front line would have been people wearing uh, Justin Mason bathing suits. Are
2: you doing a little George Washington Revolution <laughs> history? God bless you. But if you have not seen that picture, Justin, maybe you can post it when you post the uh, the show. But it is the best. <laughs> this is just it brings well, me joy. Well, now it, I have to unfortunately. Brings me smile every time I look at it. It's just just. It's like watching one of those dodo commercial, uh, videos where you see a dog saved, it brings you joy and makes you cry a little bit. That's a picture of Justin in his bathing suit. I love it. I love it. All
0: right. With that, we're going to end with Trevor Williams. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, a really good Twitter follow, uh, Trevor Williams is a fantastic Twitter follow. Uh, uh, he signs a one year, two and a half million dollar deal with the Cubs. Ian, interested.
2: Jimmy Crackcorn, I don't care. Jimmy Corn, I don't care. Jimmy Crackcorn, I don't care. Trevor Williams, I don't care.
0: Alright. Uh Jason, interested? Yeah, I'm the opposite. He's leaving Pittsburgh.
1: We know the track record of this. I'm willing I will throw a dollar in an NL auction for Trevor Williams. I probably won't get him at a dollar, but I would take a chance.
0: You know, he, he may is... be my
1: dollar throw in NL town. You jump back. We saw what he was capable of in 2018. Obviously, his back slid since, but you know, the track leaving Pittsburgh, you know, Chicago's going to put him through changes. They got that awesome pitching lab that they say, hey, this is what works. We're going to emphasize it. Chicago's got a better track record. I will spend draft dollars on Trevor Williams. Yeah, I, I will as well. Uh, really,
2: guys? But he doesn't strike anybody out. I mean, he kind of did a little bit. Pittsburgh
1: last year makes year. you throw sinkers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Down yeah. and in sinkers. That's the I point could be wrong. Of his his, his
0: strike his swing and strike rate was over was ten and a half percent uh the last two seasons. Uh he's a guy who does a really good job of limiting hard contact. Uh yeah, I, I think that he is I mean, we're talking end game. We're talking, you know, forty fifth round uh in NFBC draft and hold. you know, last buck or two um in uh in nl uh only leagues currently going off at pick 737 so he's only been drafted in 10 of the 28 drafts uh in in draft champions that's gonna go up but uh, i'm still uh i'm still so you guys are taking trevor
2: williams over carlos rodon
0: yes yes okay especially if I'm wrong innings. i mean here's the thing yeah yeah here's here's the thing If you're looking for upside at the end of the draft, a guy who's a lottery ticket, yes, you take Carlos Rodon. Because Carlos Rodon still has... I mean, Carlos Rodon was getting Clayton Kershaw comps coming up out of the minors. Uh, But if you're looking for some guaranteed innings, he's going to throw a buck 40 this year in Chicago. They, They don't have a lot in their rotation right now.
2: No, they don't. He, he's the number four starter based on yeah. um, roster resource mm-hmm. right now. I mean, I, but I kind of yeah. Okay. we're two all years right. we're two years removed hey, from, a,
0: from a from a three eleven ERA um, and a one
2: eighteen one hundred twenty six strikeouts, one hundred twenty six strikeouts. That that seventy innings. Who are you going to
0: get in, in the last right. few rounds that are going to deliver one hundred twenty six strikeouts? Right.
2: Jimmy Crack Corn, I kind yeah, of care. Yeah, there you go. The other
0: Jimmy thing I can't <laughs> figure out is we're talking about a guy whose
1: slider has a whiff percentage of 40%, but the league hit 348 off it last year, but the XBA was 232. It's like those two things can't coexist. You can't have a slider generating that kind of whiff percentage and then getting hit that hard when, they're, when they actually do make contact with it. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very curious to see what Pittsburgh does or, or what Chicago rather does with the lab, puts them in there and says, hey, that slider has shown promise. It's got potential. We want you to throw more of it, uh, but we want you to execute it in this particular fashion. So, uh, again, they've got a really nice track record. Again, they say they made Tyler Chatwood rosterable. And if anybody can do that, you got to give him a, a, a you got to give him a chance with Trevor Williams.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if you want to, like, go look at. Um, our good buddy, uh, Eno Saris, whose name we do not speak of on this podcast. Like 16 uh, times. Right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> because he's, he, he's one of the best in the business. Um, if you look at his Command Plus charts, he was tied for sixth in the league with Aaron Nola in Command Plus.
2: I'm going to do it one oh. more time. I, if you do it once, no guarantee, but if you do it twice, you got to do it a third time. Jimmy Crack Corn, I really care. Jimmy Crack Corn, I really care. Jimmy Crack Corn, I really care. Trevor Williams, the
0: end of drafts. There you go. All you right, know. I've been, I've been moved.
2: I've been moved.
0: That is gonna do it for this episode, Ian. Thank you for joining us. Come
2: on, you guys are my guys. I love joining you. Thanks for having me. Uh, under the Radar Wednesdays on the Fantasy, it's the Fantasy Baseball. uh oh God, the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Uh, we come out Wednesdays. Give us a listen. It's it's kind of crazy, but kind of smart because we got DVR. Mm-hmm. And Nando, and Nando, right? But Nando's Nando's the fun man. And also, it, talk. The reason we named the show Under the Radar is because Nando Defino finds guys and falls in love with them. That everyone's like, stop, stop. Well, one guy that he's been talking about for two years is Jose De Leon, mm. and we laugh at him, and we laugh at him. And he goes, guys, I'm telling you, it's going to be Jose de Leon. It's going to happen. It's going to happen big. Well, look what he's doing in Mexico right now in the Mexican League. Jose de Leon. And he's a former top 25 prospect. Nando likes to say top 10 prospect. He wasn't. But top 20, 25 prospect he was. And he's starting to show his stuff. So Nando always comes through with some golden nuggets. A pleasure being on with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. And I will talk to both of you guys. You know, just on the phone.
1: And that's what I was trying to hint at with the Jed Jerko mention earlier, because that mm-hmm. was Nando's guy way back when. Jed Jerko, the jerk store, Jerko, Jerko. He would pound the table about like every year. We're like, oh, Jerko's out. I'm going to nominate him because Nando's going to buy him anyhow. And he would. He never gave it up. And then that one year we had that breakout power year, he was like, see, I told you guys.
2: <laughs> you know, I'll tell you one thing, if, if if we have the time, sorry, I'm holding this up, but In a way, like I really got into fantasy baseball. Right, 2010, 2011 is when I really like started playing the game. Because before that, I was a baseball player, but I didn't play fantasy baseball. I didn't. Then my brother invited me into a league. I learned the game listening to Nando. Um, and Al Melchior and Scott White, but it was Nando that kind of piqued my interest, talking about the tool guys, the power, speed guys, right? And then I had to learn over time, like, there's that, but then you gotta build out from that, but I really learned the game through Nando um, when I first started out, so I don't think I've ever said that on the other show. Well, I think I have, but it's yeah. true, and Nando's great, and here, one last pitch for the show, you know, I'm a little crazy when it comes on fantasy baseball. I'm gonna go, rah, rah, rah. Nando's a little crazy, so Derek Van Riper, we can we'd call him the bread of the show. He's the ciabatta <laughs> bread of our show, because Nato and I are like meat and cheese and like toppings and like there's lots of mushrooms and onions and things. And then Dvr comes and he's like, hey, guys, guys, here's here are the numbers. Let's talk about it this way. So he's that's why I think we're a pretty good show, and why we're nominated against you guys, who we also love. So if not us, you, and if not us and you, then definitely. You know, and Derek um, on Rates and Barrels,
0: and God bless Yahoo.
2: And what's the other show that's nominated? The Yahoo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Scott Jensen, uh, the solo the
0: shot from NumberFire. It's their DFS podcast. So, you know, yeah. God
2: bless them too. And God, and seriously, there's so many great podcasts out there. You know, the Roto Wire fan, Fantasy Baseball Podcast with Jeff. The Their Prospect Podcast is maybe my favorite thing to listen to. That's Clay. And James Eddie, Eddie Almaguer And Ralph Lifshitz The Prospect Live I mean there's just Pitchers list I mean so many Great podcasts So it's an honor To have been nominated This one time
0: Yeah uh, It really is I mean it's always It's always an honor To be nominated Among those guys uh, I do want to win though I'm, I'm just. I'm... <laughs> uh, yeah. That <laughs> so, it was so nasty, Jay, and you're part of it
2: too. But he's like, you know, it's always been an honor to be nominated, as we've been nominated so many years and won, but I want to win. Yes. Damn
0: it. <laughs> Good you. Just like I said on Guardians oh. of the Republic when we, we were talking about it last week, um, I will not concede this. This is not going to. <laughs> yes. I, I, I it's not... funnier on that show. There I will think. be no transfer of power in the we'll
1: have podcast a rally division. on this podcast
0: we'll yeah. a rally on
2: this podcast No, but 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 in all truth um just really it's awesome and thanks you guys I feel like in some ways I got my start really doing lots of podcasts with Jason and Paul and you Justin when you I remember just when I was first coming on your show which kind of led the door to me to be on so many other shows and then to get my own show so tip of my cap to you guys sleeper around the bus and to Paul Sporer who I missed today but I'm sure I'll be on with again soon
0: yeah yeah he's gonna be really upset at me that um you were on this episode and not on the episode with him. So we'll bring you back here uh, in the next uh, few months. So, Thanks, buddy. Uh, Always a pleasure. Always fun. Jason, what do you got going on?
1: I'm working on finishing that NL Central Bowl prediction uh, series, uh, piece, which will be the fourth of the sixth. The uh, the West and the AL Central are already up at Rotowire. And uh, I hope to have all that wrapped up here by Valentine's Day. That's my gift to all of you, is I'll have the whole Bowl prediction series, all 60, three, uh, 30 hitters, 30 pitchers. Uh, Two from each club, done by Valentine's Day.
2: Uh, I will be thrilled to read them as I have been reading them as we go.
0: Rotowire, great place. Yep. Uh, Yeah, I've been a subscriber for years at Rotowire. I love everything they do over there. Justin
2: Mason, what's new with you?
0: Uh, Let's see. I'm doing my reoccurring piece on uh, ADP draft movement. People are really digging it over on Fangraphs. uh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits draft guide available on Amazon uh, in paperback and now on ebook. Uh, and then the PDF uh, you can get for $7 by emailing me, justinmasonfantasy@gmail.com. at gmail.com. TGFBI is coming. It's coming. I believe I'm going to announce all the leagues for TGFBI on Tuesday or Wednesday. Yes. So, so
1: you should do it at night and like have everybody on video camera, kind of like when they do the NCAA March Badness and they say, okay, this team is facing this one. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, video reactions. I don't know if yeah. my wife will let me do 29 leagues worth of announcements. <laughs> um, Take three days, but I mean, you can get it done. I oh, in speaking you. of taking three days, Potapalooza is going to come back. Uh, I'm finalizing kind of when that is going to be, uh, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to link it up with uh, the start of TGFBI, which is going to be March 1st, so. Uh, look forward to that as well. I will well. be on that very happily.
2: And also, if I can just give one more little plug, if you're going to follow me on Twitter, I would love for you to follow me on Twitter. Please do it on Ian Khan 4 as opposed to at IanCon. I'm a pain in the butt where I have two different I have one that's fantasy baseball, and one's my more personal one, which is weird but true. So, if you want to follow me for fantasy baseball content, Ian Con 4 Don't follow the other one; you're not gonna, it will not be of the same interest.
0: Also, go uh, go watch Turn, Washington Spies on Netflix streaming now. It's still on Netflix free. Yeah, people like it. I love. People it. like Jay, Jay. That's how I met Jay. Jay likes it. That's people right. Get, I've I've watched the, it beginning to end at least four times. Simcoe's the best.
2: Best character on the show is Simcoe.
1: There was not some good. article I talked about best villains, and he wasn't even on the article. I was like, this article is so hot and garbage, I couldn't take it. I, was, I couldn't even finish so reading good. it. He's I was like, so how is he not on it?
2: <laughs> so good. I, I could tell a funny... I'm guy. also
0: going to see you. I just realized that uh, Homeland is on uh, Hulu, so I'm going to go watch that start to finish, because I never finished that, and I know you have an appearance in there. Do not... I'm,
2: I'm in two episodes. I would... Do, do, if you want to watch me act... Don't do it for. Don't watch Homeland for it, because <laughs> ain't that much. Two good scenes with uh, Claire Danes, who is incredibly talented, uh, turn Washington spots. But you watched that four times, so yes, you should definitely watch Homeland. I've never watched Homeland.
0: It's it's fantastic. It's really, Claire Danes I is know. amazing in it.
2: She is amazing. She was amazing to work with. But there's some shows that like I want to when I'm doing it. I want to know what the universe is. But because of the role that I played, that had absolutely nothing to do with that show, has his own world. I didn't want to get colored by it. Like I wanted to make my own relationship to what's that character's name?
0: What's her name? Um, oh god, I'm blanking
2: on it now. I played like her ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. who who she knew in Iraq and who was coming trying to get a favor. That's all I'll say. And I'm married with kids living in the suburbs. That's all I'll say. And then she shows up and she's got stuff to ask me to do, and it makes me very uncomfortable. So I decided, you know, some shows I I try to watch so I can all right, what's this world? I'm going to be in this world for a while. Not with Homeland. I didn't
0: want to know. Uh, her, her character's name was Carrie Matheson.
2: That's it, Carrie.
0: Yep. So, and so I want to close out on a final note yes. um, and bring us full circle. <clears throat>
1: so career strikeout totals. John Lester struck out struck out 2,397 hitters, and the way his fastball is going, that may be the last hitter he strikes out. <laughs> uh, that nice. It's not Chris nice. Sale, Chris Sale, 2007, and Jose Quintana is 1310. Those three pitchers had their career strikeout totals end up at 5,714. You know why that number is significant? Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan's career strikeout total. Wow. Happy 74th birthday, Ryan Express. Dude, that was great. My childhood hero. My son's middle name is Ryan because I could either have Nolan or Ryan uh as one of the names and that's why jacob's middle name
0: is brian but happy birthday
1: brian express all
0: Sweet. right with that we will wrap it up happy birthday nolan ryan thank everyone or thank you everyone for listening we will uh, i will be back with paul on tuesday and jason next week and we'll have a special guest that i haven't chosen yet so uh that's gonna do it for us thank you for listening
2: thanks justin
0: thanks guys